Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spiritual teacher and author Eckhart Tolle has guided millions towards a more meaningful existence. In a world consumed by the chaos of modern life, Eckhart's teachings serve as a pathway to connect with the present moment. In 1997, Eckhart wrote the book, The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment, where he goes deeper into this philosophy. He speaks of similar principles with his online presence and face-to-face -face lectures. In this lecture, he dissects the endless problem of looking to the future for happiness. Now you begin to lose the present moment internally when the place you want to get to, whatever that may be, whether it's tomorrow or in five years' time, or even five minutes from now, you lose the present moment and your state of mind becomes somewhat or very dysfunctional when whatever goal you have or destination you have in the future occupies more of your attention than the present moment. If you don't enjoy the journey, which is always now, the step you're taking at this moment, if there's a lack of enjoyment, then you have lost the present moment and the place you want to get to has assumed an importance that is uh, becomes dysfunctional. I won't be happy until I have a private jet. It doesn't have to be big, just a little one. I cannot be fully myself unless I have a car that's better than most people's cars. And so you strive towards that. And in the meantime, uh, you're not happy because you're striving towards a place that promises some form of fulfillment, whether you call it happiness or having arrived, or this weird expression in the English language, making it, making what? And then you have weird ideas in your mind, uh, an enormous amount of fear arises because you have certain thoughts, especially at three o'clock in the morning, you wake up and the mind starts up and a weird word comes, I don't want to be a loser, a loser. Maybe I will be a loser. Maybe I'm not going to get this car. And maybe I'm not going to become the greatest this or that. Or maybe I'm not going to find the person who's going to make me happy. So always looking to some future moment. And then you realize on a practical level, future works. But on a deeper level, finding a, a true satisfaction in life, you have to look somewhere else. Eckhart believes that we have anxieties and anticipations about the future because we compare it to the present. He has said that if the imagined future is better, it gives you hope. If it is worse, 
it creates anxiety. However, these comparisons are fictitious. In the balancing act of one's future with one's present, a person will inevitably cause both to fail. What is the future that never appears, that can completely occupy our attention to such an extent that we lose the most important thing in life, and that is to be at home with yourself in the present moment, to feel where you are, to feel a connectedness with being. There's a deep peace, not a dead kind of peace, but an alive peace, to be rooted within yourself, to be yourself, here and now, in this moment. If you don't find the, the true meaning of present moment, of the now, uh, then you live flitting around the surface of life. There's always some future moment to either be afraid of or be attracted to. No matter what situation you go into, no matter who you are with, and no matter what you achieve in life, always this sense of insecurity, of fear, of insufficiency, of some underlying sense of lack or something not quite right, always it resurfaces sooner or later and usually sooner. Many human beings who have, have achieved it, I've met a f quite a few, that was quite interesting, who in the eyes of the world had everything and they were unhappy. Now, the, the thing we need to recognize is no matter what you achieve, there's nothing wrong with achievement. But ultimately, it's not, that is not which is going to give you this sense of self that you are looking for, that sense of being rooted, that sense of security. What is the future then that everybody looks to? It, it's always associated with the thinking, it's a thought. On a deeper level, future is a thought in your head and you only experience it ever as a thought in your head. That's the only reality future has. Isn't that interesting? Uh, it has no actual immediate existential reality except as a thought that you're thinking about some future moment. But even while you're thinking that thought, it's still the present moment and you don't even know it. Because nothing can happen that's not in the present moment. And then there's the past. When you think about the past, again, where is the past? It's in your head. It's a thought in your head or a lot sequence of thought in your head. So future and past are associated in, intrinsically linked with the activity of thinking. If thinking is what's taking us away from the present moment, then how do we stop thinking? Eckhart speaks of thinking as an addiction. It's not uncommon for the average person to spend every day going down the never-ending rabbit hole of thought. From one thought leading to another, it's nearly impossible to get in touch with the present. Eckhart teaches us some methods we can use to combat the ineffective state of thinking. There's a lot of talk these days about addictions. Many people are addicted to all kinds of things. 
But one of the greatest addictions, you never read about it in the papers, because the people who are addicted to it don't know it, it's the addiction to thinking. Can't stop thinking, it's like can't stop drinking, can't stop smoking, can't stop eating, can't stop thinking. Thinking is the greater addiction than any of these. It's been around for so long, and uh, it's a pseudo sense of self. So it's a great reluctance on the part of most people to let go of thinking. The main thing about it is presence. And presence is a space of no thought, but presence can also be there in the background even when thinking is happening. You can still be not completely involved in the thinking. Thinking loses the ability to create havoc in your life and confuse you. So your choice then is not to understand more or to bring some intellectual analysis to the practice, but to practice the state of not thinking, which can be arrived at by various ways, as you probably know, if you don't think about it, just do it. Becoming more aware of the present moment and accept it as it is slows down the overactive mind, is one thing. Eckhart is an advocate for the practice of meditation to quiet one's thoughts. He notes that the future will never actually arrive. Rather, it will come to us as a present moment. Through the numerous meditation sessions he has led, Eckhart encourages participants to fully embrace what is now, what is everything, and what will only ever be, the present. A lot of the overactivity of the mind is an attempt to get away from the isness, the simplicity of the present moment. Present moment awareness means thinking subsides, may not disappear completely, but something else arises that is primary. We call it presence or awareness. But how do you become conscious of the present moment? Helpful things are sense perceptions, take you out of thinking. If you're not judging the sense perceptions, labeling, naming, looking around, without this compulsive interference of naming what, what you're perceiving. Oh, that's a beautiful flower. I wonder what it's called. I don't know what it's called, so that helps. I can be free of thinking. If I know what it's called, I can say, oh, that's such and such, and then drop that. See what it means to perceive without the interference of concepts, words. At this moment, for example, you're looking at me. Let's say between now and now, were you thinking? No. And while I speak, do you need to think to understand what I'm saying, or can you just listen and understand it? And when the so-called teacher stops speaking for a moment, the alert presence remains. It does not need to be filled with anything. Your priority is no longer to follow the thought where it wants to take you, because the thought has a magnetic pull. It wants more of your consciousness, but it wants to grow, because it's a little entity. And in subtle ways, it tries to get your attention. It might even use a bodily feeling. God, I'm hungry suddenly, I need to eat something. 
and then you think of a re what restaurant am I going to afterwards? And so the presence is gone, you are gone, you are looking for a restaurant in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which means the thought used as an, some bodily thing to make thoughts out of it, completely pointless because you can't find a restaurant because you're standing here. <laughs> but it can use all kinds of things to get your attention. And if you're not careful, if you don't know the mechanism, it's not so much an intellectual understanding, but a simple realization that this is what the mind does. It tries to pull you in. Once you know that, you can allow a thought to arise without following it where it wants you to go, which is into another bigger thought and a bigger one. One of the main driving factors for thought in our lives is what Eckhart describes as mental self-image. When we eliminate self-image, we go beyond hating or loving ourselves and we can simply just be ourselves. This allows us to transcend the turmoil and confusion of everyday thought. When we withdraw our ego, we disregard the problems that are attached to it. The essence of the awakened consciousness is that you go beyond having a particular idea in your mind that represents yourself, as a mental self-image that you relate to. Because basically it's, it's ego, a mental self-image. This is who, what, what I am, this is who I am. If you want to learn about not having a mental self-image, watch your dog or your cat. They don't have an opinion about who they are. They just are who they are. So that removes an enormous amount of problems from their lives. Of course, they don't have the mind activity that creates a self-image in their head. They are pre-mind, and therefore their life is far less problematic than human life. You can see how wonderful it is not to have a self-image. You can even you can look at an ugly dog or an ugly cat. They don't have a problem with that. Even an overweight dog or cat they okay, no self-image. How wonderful to live without an image of who you are, because you are the presence. You're not the form that's a temporary expression of you, but you are the underlying presence. And when you feel yourself as the underlying presence, you don't need to live through some mental image of who you are. And that's where you go beyond hating yourself, but you also go beyond loving yourself. It's just being yourself. It's similar to the dog, but it's not a regressive step. It's a step forward for humans. You go beyond the mind-made sense of self. You don't fall back to the pre-mind-made sense of self. You don't need to live through a self-image of who you are. If you're, the more presence that comes into your life, the more you feel yourself to be the presence, not some mental construct. <laughs> of course, Somewhere on the periphery of your mind, there may, there may still be some, there is a little bit of a mental construct, but it does not provide the basis for your sense of identity anymore. The foundation for your sense of who you are is the, you are awareness, you are presence. And that's a liberation from the self-image. And that's wonderful, so it's not Go beyond hating yourself and then 
also go beyond loving yourself. If you need to go through the stage of loving yourself because you cannot go directly from hating yourself to presence, then do go through the stage of loving and then step beyond that. Throughout his work, Eckhart remains adamant that when we stop looking to the future for happiness, we are able to connect with the present moment. The best way to do this is break free from the chains of constant thinking and recognize excessive thought as an addiction. Through certain methods and practices, we are able to achieve this. Eliminating mental self-image becomes key here. It allows us to shed the burdens of self-judgment and societal expectations. Setting us free of the turbulence of negative everyday thought, we step into a world where the present moment unfolds, offering peace and clarity of our newfound selves. These teachings are only the tip of the iceberg Eckhart has to offer. Today he continues to teach, awaken, and guide us through the chaos of everyday life. There is something we can all learn from the timeless teachings of Eckhart Tolle. Shop.motiversity.com, where inspiration meets artistry. Our canvases are your consistent reminder that growth is not just a destination, but a way of life. Available through TNH's parent company, shop.motiversity.com. Change the way you see your world.